to Nats Talk on the Go, the longest-running Washington Nationals podcast going today. This podcast is proudly brought to you by our supporters club, Nats Talk on the Go, Special Ops. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Drugan and Craig McHenry. Joe and Craig, let's do it. Hey there, Craig. How's it going? Uh, it's going pretty well. How about yourself? Uh, it's going well. It's been a... Uh, we were kind of talking before we uh, decided to record. Well, yeah, when we decided to record the show over the weekend, like, well, you know, there's some stuff I did. I, you know, I didn't get a chance to watch all that much baseball over the weekend. And then it's like, well, we'll be able to fill a short show with a couple of things, and you know, no big deal. Well, things changed. That, that got taken care of in literally one calendar day. <laughs> yes, uh, that calendar day was Monday. Yes, it certainly was. Uh, so things changed quickly after. So I just want to say uh, we kind of predicted the future with the Nationals being really good. And then, like, even if they got swept by the Cubs, it's not all that bad situation. I mean, they got swept by the Cubs, but it was still a really good road trip. And it, it, it's not possible for the Cubs to be any better than they are as right. far as, you know, math and science, basically. Yes. So, uh, it is, it is pretty difficult to imagine any of that, you know, going any better than it possibly could have for the Cubs. And it's basically the way their whole season's gone. And as the Nata dude tweeted, uh, earlier this week, let's just, you know, process that for a minute. Everything is going the Cubs way. Yeah. What a world. Yeah. Um, what a world. Has that ever been said? Yeah. It's pretty bizarre. Uh, th- I mean, we're talking about, this is a team that last won a World Series in 1908. Yeah, it's been... Like, just imagine what the world was. Like, yeah. cars weren't a thing that existed. You know what was also not a thing? Uh, the flu vaccine. That. Also, World War One. Yeah. World War One hadn't S- happened yet. Franz Ferdinand, Still not a alive. thing. Still alive. Yeah. 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 Barely even like uh, a, a duke. Was he a duke? What, yeah, he, I think he was a duke, the archduke. Of okay. Something. He was, he was like, uh, what is lower than archduke? He's probably like a. <laughs> I don't like know. He's low. A private duke. He was really, relatively low, all things, all things considered. Ensign Duke. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty different world the last time the Cubs, Cubs won the World Series. So, so yeah, the fact that everything is going their way now is stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. And it's to be, it, it's got to happen at some point, but you can't be too mad about the Nationals not being able to, you know, it sucks they got swept don't, in a four-game series. You never want to get swept in a four-game series, but, it, it, but they're the best team in baseball right now. Uh, and it's by a pretty wide margin because by most accounts, the Nationals are in the top two or three best teams in baseball right now. So, you know, you got to you got to give a little bit of uh of credit to them where it's due. You got to give a little. Take a little. If if you were listening to the pre-show, that song will make more sense to you. If not, Craig's just been singing a lot. Yeah. Uh music's been a thing. So, uh but coming out of a tough road trip, uh Monday happened, as you said, and uh, all of the things happened highlighted by the fact... Yeah, I, I want to talk about the... Just a real quick touch... Give five minutes on the road trip. Oh, yeah, do it. Do it up. Just five minutes on the, the four-game set with the Cubs. Do it. Like, I know that Twitter has been a bit of a dark place with the Capitals in current form and the Nationals losing four straight to the Cubs, but the Nationals were in every single game. Yeah. The Nationals played... Very well, every single game. Uh, there was the extra innings games. There was the game that they were down by, I think, seven runs, eight to one, something like that, I think. And they came back to make it a really, really close game that they almost came back and won. Every game was close. Every game was a well-fought game between two pretty evenly matched teams. And the Nationals were a handful of breaks, i.e., Ryan Zimmerman actually hitting the ball uh, away from even taking a three, one series win against the Cubs. Yeah. And that stuff's going to happen. You, you have the bad breaks and as we've kind of alluded to, the Cubs have gotten a lot of good breaks and it included a lot of them. They got in the series of the Nats. So it's not like, like you said, it's not like they got 
creamed in really any of those games. They they played competitively the whole time. They just, you know, didn't didn't end up pulling out the win, which is obviously the most important thing, but it's it's early in the year. It's a team that you play. I think they play the Cubs in June at home and then, you know, maybe October at some point. Uh so it's not like you are getting the full sample size of what that's going to be and uh, I don't think you saw anything in the series that would be like, oh, well, they clearly have no shot if they have to get past them in the playoffs. Like, I, I don't think there was any indication of that at all. No. Uh, I think they were well-matched. I mean, we talked a little bit last podcast about how unbelievable Jake Arietta has been and that he's been one of the best pitchers. He's put together one of the best stretches in baseball history. And he got outpitched by Tanner Roark. Which you totally called last week. Yeah, I, I, I did. I did. I, I just Thank want you. to give you due credit, which is hard for me. But, right. Uh, I said totally he was the guy it. I wanted in there. I didn't think that Arietta was going to be, I mean, can we say as bad? But yeah, I he, mean, he was still he really not bad. Yeah, he was still good. But, I mean, Tanner Roark was the guy I wanted in there, and he showed why. He but, was bad. Arietta was bad by his own ridiculously incredible standard. Right, it was his worst start in quite some time. Yeah. But Tanner Roark, like, pitched better than he did. Yeah, oh yeah, Tanner Roark was awesome. He had an incredible game. Yeah, he outmatched Jake Arrieta. So that in itself, you know, should have been something the Nationals should have been able to take advantage of. But um, I know we'll probably get into some more Harper stuff a little bit later. I think it's possible. But let's at least cover the Sunday Harper first. Oh, yeah. Good call. I didn't even uh, think about that. Go before ahead. we get into the other Harper stuff. Yeah, good call. Um, and the other eventful things from Monday. Uh, Bryce Harper walked six times, got hit by a pitch in seven plate appearances. He did not register in it that. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it was... The most played appearances in a single game without an official at bat. And I believe he went 12 straight. I want to say it was 12 straight played appearances without registering an at bat. Because in there, uh, I believe on Saturday, he did have a sacrifice fly. But That's he awesome. did things that Barry Bonds never did and that no one has ever done. And, and uh, another thing that you and I both talked about on the podcast. Yeah. What, like, just a matter of time before he stopped seeing pitches. Right, right. Yeah. And it was we spoke about in the context of uh intentional walks with the bases loaded, which I think after this weekend is even more plausible. Oh, uh, totally. Just by how much he's walked lately and I mean six plate appearances or six walks and a hit by pitch. He didn't swing the bat. Yeah, and I think that we talked about that with the with the Harper Rama situation. Who are we talking about? Barry Bonds and that whole situation, or the walking with the bases loaded with Josh Hamilton? Who is the manager we were talking about? Yeah. Oh, it was Joe Madden. Who's, yeah, it who's was the Joe manager Madden. of the Cubs? Uh, it's, jo- it's, 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 it's Joe, Joe Madden. Madden. So yeah. I think you have to to look at it and go. Joe Madden is the nightmare manager for Bryce Harper to have to face because Bryce <sighs> Joe Joe Madden is smart and he's going to look at Bryce Harper and he's going to look at the people around him and he's going to go no. I'm not letting my pitcher pitch to you. Why would I do that? Why would I put my pitcher at a disadvantage to such a significant level? That does not make any sense. So, no. And I think Madden is going to continue doing that to Harper if, you know, I think we're going to see that in June when he's uh, at, when they when the Cubs come to Nationals Park. And I think you'll see that in the playoffs. Why? Even if everybody around him starts to hit, why are you going to pitch to him? You know if he makes contact, it's going to hurt you. Yes. So, why are you going to give him the chance? And I think, you know, I, I kind of said, eh, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he's going to walk to the bases loaded this year. I still don't think he will. But after this weekend, I feel like there's a chance. <laughs> and yeah. and it's because of the way that Joe Madden did it. And then Right, and Joe, people, other managers see, see that Joe Madden's doing things, and he's widely regarded as one of the two best, or excuse me, two smartest managers in baseball. Yep. So they're going to see that and say, well, if he's doing this, maybe there's something to it. Brad Ausmus already did it in this series with Bryce Harper. It was, it was runners on first and second with two outs, and he walked Bryce Harper. Yeah. Or on first and third, I think it was, and he walked Bryce right. Harper. He's, you know, he's already taking a note from that Joe Madden playbook, and why wouldn't you? It, it worked. They swept the Nationals. Yes. Yeah, it, it got the job done. Harper didn't hurt them. 
you know, it, yes, it's smart, which it's just smart managing, which left Ryan Zimmerman up to hurt them. Yes. And Ryan Zimmerman had one of the worst days as a baseball player that you can possibly have yeah. at the plate. He left uh, 14 runners on base himself. 14. Um, yeah. Yeah. 14. Joe Madden said, make Ryan Zimmerman beat you. Ryan Zimmerman did not beat the Cubs. Therefore, he didn't the beat Cubs anybody. beat the Nationals. Yeah, exactly. He didn't beat anybody, unfortunately. I mean, The that's... opportunities were there. The opportunities were there for Ryan Zimmerman in spades. The major league record for most runners left on base in a game by a single person was 12. Yeah, he beat it by two. He beat it by two. Yeah. And in case you weren't aware, baseball's been around for a minute. So to be in that situation for a long game like that, it's a, it's a tough situation. You know that you know that Zimmerman feels it, and you know that he he feels he knows that how bad he was, and I'm sure that somebody at some point has told him or he's found out somehow just how bad he was on Sunday. And I think that he's feeling it desperately. Yeah, uh, and I mean, he said the right thing Sunday afternoon after the game. He said when asked about you know why they what they were doing and all that he said I hope they do it again or I hope the next team does it too I yep. want it which is the right thing to say but it I mean right now he's just not out he's got a 60 OPS plus coming into tonight which is 100 is average yeah it's it's very that's a very very low number yeah that very is... very low and he's hitting cleanup yeah and and that's the thing I think ultimately that you might have to to change and I know that it's something we wanted to hit and and you look at the way and I we I know we got a question about it as well um but at some point uh I I like that Dusty isn't just pulling a trigger and making a change. I think that there is something to be said for the chemistry of a lineup and by moving a guy out of a spot that he's uncomfortable. There's no there's no saying that you move Murphy from 5 to 4 and he he loses something. I don't right. know what it is because baseball players are all kind of insane. A um, little bit. But I don't think there's any saying that that might not happen. Um, but at some point, yeah, you gotta, you've got a guy hitting cleanup with a, like you said, a 60 OPS plus. And that's coming into tonight before he grounded into a double play his first plate appearances. Yeah, that's not First, good. maybe second plate appearance. Yeah, either way. Yeah, it's not good. And yeah. so you have to figure there, at least at some level, that that change is coming sooner than later. Um, I don't. I think it's not the worst thing that Dusty hasn't didn't pull the trigger because media and fans are angry about it because that means Dusty thinks for himself. But he did say, "Hey, I, he gave the most Dusty answer ever." Basically, he said something along the lines of, "I'm, I don't, I don't, like I'm loyal but not too loyal." Like he's like, yeah. I, "I'm gonna." Trust a guy and try and help a guy out, but I'm not going to, you know, let a guy there forever. Yeah, it was something dying. like I'm I'm not a a fair weather guy. I'm, but I'm not a forever guy. Yeah, that that was that was it. That was it was much yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, so anyway. Ryan Zimmerman scuffling a big part of it, especially that Sunday game, just unable to get it done when uh, the Nationals needed it. Uh, and it time and time again came up. Oh, Ryan Zimmerman, he's got to get it this time. Nope. Ryan Zimmerman, got to get it this time. Weak pop out. Ryan Zimmerman, got to get him this time. Odds are in his favor now. Nope. Well, and you do have to trust that he's going to get out of it, and I think he will get out of it. He's a good baseball player, but uh, it's just you can't count on it forever, and at some point, you know, you lost you lost four baseball games in a row and then, you know, scraped by in that fifth game, and you just have a guy and your best hitter is not getting pitched to because nobody around him is doing anything. Right. Say what you want about lineup protection actually being a thing. We're literally getting proof it's, that it kind of is a thing. It's, you know, I, I'm as big a, a numbers – as far as, you know, your average fan goes, I'm as big a, big a numbers guy as any, anyone and you are too. But, you know, I, as I watch baseball more, there are these wow. – unquantifiable things that exist in baseball. And I don't think yeah. it's, I don't think you can really deny it, unfortunately, as much as I would like to. And one of those is their lineup protection in I'm not saying every situation or that it's always true, but in the current situation for the Washington nationals, it is extremely true. 
Right. And I believe Saturday afternoon, or was it a Saturday afternoon game or Saturday night game? I don't remember. Saturday's game, I believe I tweeted something like, when Harper picked up his second walk, Harper will continue to walk as long as Ryan Zimmerman is hitting 240. Yeah. And I believe I tweeted that six times Sunday afternoon. Yeah. And I, I quoted the tweet and I said, again, bump again. Yeah. Here's this again. And then last night, I'm getting pretty damn tired of tweeting this. Yeah. It's... But as long as Ryan Zimmerman is hitting the way he's hitting, why would you throw to Bryce Harper and not Ryan Zimmerman? Totally. So, yeah, I, I mean, mean, it's a strategy and it's worked it's, for it, everyone that's done it so far. And it's continuing to work. And I think at some point, Dusty Baker is a pretty smart guy. And I think at some point he's going to say, all right, this is working too much. You know, And he's going to do it the right way because he does the right thing. He's going to pull Ryan Zimmerman to, into his office. And he's going to say, Ryan, listen, we know you're going to get out of it, but yeah. you're not right now. And we Let's need take you. a day off. And, and you're going to get a day off. And then when you come back, you're going to be hitting six, you know, or you're going to be hitting fifth or you're going to whatever. But, you know, right. we're going to we're going to get you out of it. And when you do, that's your spot to get back into. But hell, so, I wouldn't even have a problem that much hitting him second. It wouldn't. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have as much problem. I wouldn't have as much problem with him hitting second right now, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. That's, I think you're especially right. with Rendon starting to hit the ball on the screws, it, and it actually might might help him out a little bit. It might hurt Rendon a little bit because you're going to be like, well, I'm not going to walk Ryan Zimmerman because then I got to pitch to Bryce Harper and right. Daniel Murphy and then Wilson Ramos, and that really sucks. So, so yeah, it's uh, I, I I think there's going to be something happening sooner rather than later because it's getting too. Uh, 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 what is the what is the word I'm looking for? It's coming to a head. It's coming to a head. Yes, yes. that's that's quite what I was looking for. I, I, I knew it. I, I so, it. Um, uh, so and, and just I, I pulled up the number while you mm. while we were talking about it. You, you mean said, while I was rambling? Uh, no, it's okay. No. You can say it. No, you were talking. You were. It was good. Oh. Uh, Ryan uh, Ryan Zimmerman, you said his OPS coming into today was sixty. OPS, OPS plus, plus. OPS plus yes. was sixty. Uh, Danny Espinosa is fifty nine. Yeah. So. Uh, if that if that puts you on the level in terms of on base and power production, um, for people who are, you know, frustrated with Danny Espinosa or what, or it may be frustrated with Danny Espinosa. Yeah, the free Trey Turner movement. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. Ryan Zimmerman is about the same player offensively at the moment. Yeah. Um, so just let that enter enter your perspective, if you will. Yeah. That's um, absolutely fair. Um, so that aside, I think it was. Uh, aside from four straight losses, I don't think it was a horrible series. The results were not great for the Cubs, but I thought each game for the Nationals. Yes, for the Nat. Well, the Cubs for yeah, yeah. Um, against that, the Cubs, yes. Again. Against the Cubs, I'm with you. I, I think that each game uh, you have to kind of take and look at each game specifically because the Nationals were in every game. They played hard, uh, and I'd say the Cubs would say the exact same thing. Yeah. So, I mean, the Cubs are smart. Their fans are intelligent. They would say, yeah, we won four games against the Nationals, but those were the four hardest games we've had all year because they really haven't had a lot of hard games. Yep. That's the only statement that is true. So, uh, coming out of Sunday, uh, the Nationals were starting interleague series at home against the Detroit Tigres. Uh <laughs> Uh, with with uh, Jordan Zimmerman at the helm. As well yeah, the the Tigres. The, the, the Tigres. Yes. Say. Uh, so <laughs> last night's game was really interesting for many reasons. So many reasons. I feel like we could have done an entire podcast on the events from seven to ten p.m. on Monday night. Yes. Uh, so Steven Strasburg was on the hill, and he's in there pitching okay. Uh, gave up a two-run bomb. He's, you know, he's he's having a pretty good Strasburg start. Yeah, he's having a your your quintessential Steven Strasburg start. He gives up a, a a home run or two, but overall just makes people look stupid and goes deep into a game. And all of a sudden, he gives up this home run, and Chelsea James of the Washington Post tweets: Steven Strasburg has agreed to a significant long-term extension. Yeah, it's and. Uh, to say the crowd goes wild, yeah. uh, those are the moments where I am so thankful that Twitter exists. Oh, God. It's, 
it's the best time for Twitter to be a thing is during moments like that. During moments like that. Like, everyone, like, literally the open wide-eyed emojis. Yeah. It was literally like, wait, what? <laughs> well, it, it's, it's the things that in, ter- in terms of, like, active social media life, you don't get that benefit from anymore. Like, it's like you, the, the rumor comes out from John Heyman or Ken Rosenthal or something and then, you know, it wasn't was, rumored. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Now, it, like you don't get anymore. And so we got on Twitter, what you don't get anymore, just that unbridled. Oh my God, is this happening? Reaction. That is just the best. When you see national baseball writers quoting Chelsea Jane's tweet and saying, wait, what? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> it's, it's your, it's your down in the, uh, and the depths of it, uh, Rizzo Dark 30 situation. Yeah. yeah, five minutes later, you see uh, John Heyman, Ken Rosenthal, tweeting, uh, sources confirm Chelsea Jane's report that Steven Strasburg has agreed to a significant long-term extension to stay with the Nationals. Yeah. And everyone, like, the Nationals were losing. Yeah. And no one cared. No. And, and I think many, many people that I follow were saying weren't even pretending about that. Like, ah, oh, they could lose a game. I don't care. This is amazing. Like, this is, yeah. It, it's, it's such a cool thing to, you know, the opinions on Steven Strasburg over the, uh, over the years are certainly not, uh, uh, downplayed. People have strong opinions on how they feel about Strasburg, yes. but, um, that I still go back to, and I tweeted about this, that his, his debut game in 2010 is, is, I don't know, probably the third best baseball game I've ever been to in my life. Uh, okay. Uh, one. It might okay. be the second, but... Are we are we in order here? Uh, yeah. Okay, number three? Yeah. Okay, so we've got um, Scherzer no-hitter? Yeah. One? No. Two? Two. Opening of Nats Park? No. Wow, okay. Go for it. I Stroud- would... Go for it. I was there when the Nets clinched. Oh yeah, we NL were there. East, and I was in. Well, when they clinched the East, I was in the clubhouse. Oh so, yeah, okay. That yeah, yeah. that's that's kind of cool. That one wins. Okay, uh, but like the Strasburg debut and the and the uh, Scherzer no hitter. I mean, it's probably Scherzer no hitter too, but it's really close. <laughs> oh, by the way, really quick, um, do you still have your ticket from the Scherzer no hitter? Of course I do. Um. Michael Munson, yeah. uh, North Carolina, uh, tweeted earlier today that Stra- uh, Max Scherzer is a part of a project. I think it's called Polaris Project, something like that, where Max Scherzer will sign any item for a donation for charity. Okay. Uh, tickets. Uh, he will sign a ticket for $25 donation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to be doing that. So that's going to happen. So uh, I will find that tweet from at North Carolinats, and I will retweet that from our account for anyone that's interested. Because, yeah, need need to do that. Yeah, thanks, Craig. Thanks. You're Mike. welcome. Thanks, thanks, Mike. Appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Uh, so yeah, I totally anyway. have to do that. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. so anyway, uh, back to it. Um, I, If I may, uh, read... A little bit from our text conversation. Yes, please. Last night. I don't know uh, what you're going to say, so I'm a little scared. But go ahead. I believe I believe you were still working. Oh, that's possible. Last night it was uh, 8:15. Around 8:15, it happened. I texted you and I said, "Holy shit!" Stress extended for seven years. Seven one seventy five. You say, all caps, GTFO. Yes, I. Uh, I was. I, I was pretty shocked. I said, "Not kidding." Confirmed by everyone ever. You yes. said, "Oh my God, giddy!" Yes, I, I don't remember what I, I was home. I was not still at work. Uh, oh, you must have been doing something. I was doing something. Well, I actually I was watching the game at the time. Oh, well, I was watching the game, but I think I came upstairs because I was doing you know other things and uh, came upstairs and I came downstairs and I heard something about F, FP saying something on the broadcast and I was like, "Wait, what?" And I looked down at my phone and I saw your text message. I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> And then I, you know, obviously texted you and went to Twitter. Uh, yeah. And like you said, that's the best part of finding out news, like a, a huge piece of news that everybody wants to hear. You know, like that's, there's nobody that didn't want to hear that news. And if you did not want to hear that news, you are wrong. <laughs> yeah. You are just wrong. And um, so 
for those of you that um, did not see it, uh, I wrote a thing for the Nats blog. You can find it on uh, Facebook. Yes. Facebook.com slash the Nats blog. Indeed. Indeed. Facebook.com slash the Nats blog, uh, where I wrote a little bit, uh, kind of, I tried to be as uh, sensical as possible when inside I was fireworks yeah. and excitement and joy and all of those good things. Um, but basically, looking at the specifics of the deal, Strasburg's the first Scott Boris client to sign a pre-free agency deal since Jared Weaver five years ago. And I'm pretty sure Jared Weaver did it against the advice of Scott Boris. I'm sure that's true, but now Jared Weaver's pretty happy he made that move. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because absolutely. he is not good. No. Um, let's see. Although I don't know if we want to be saying that to Nats fans. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't bring that up. This yeah. is happy time. Yeah. Uh, but he, Strasburg's also younger and better than Weaver was. So that's... Uh, Two opt-outs after years three and four. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's just a Boris special. Yeah. Uh, that's just the way baseball is going right now. I mean, yeah. look at Jonas Cespedes. He signed that huge deal uh, with an opt-out after year one. So... Well, and uh, it's... I think that's a, it's a smart way to look at baseball contracts now. Like... The, the learners are going to want to do deferred money. And they did. And they did. And so they basically, it's basically, yes, you could defer the money. If it ends up being that our guy wants to stick around here and uh, the market changes or whatever, he's going to stay and he's going to make good money. Otherwise, he's not going to. So I, I don't have a problem with it personally. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, be- I, be- I believe I saw that uh, the technical valuation on the deal is seven years, 160 Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Uh, I, I, yeah, but it's te- it's one seventy. It's one seventy five in cash, but it's yeah. one sixty in, in right. And in I I want to say that the way it's structured is that technically his twenty twenty three contract is worth forty five million dollars. That's awesome. Thirty of which is deferred. That's amazing. A, a total of seventy million dollars of the deal is. I feel like money. these contracts are almost like the learners get into them in the room, and be like, eh, "That's future learner problems." That's yeah, fine. Yeah, it's fine. We'll, we'll deal with that. that. We'll deal with that in seven years. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's pretty great. Uh, there are bonuses for innings pitched. I believe it's one million dollars every time he hits one hundred and eighty innings a season, which he's basically done every year since he's come back from Tommy John surgery. Yes, <laughs> uh, the largest ever post Tommy John. Oh, Harper walks again. Shocker. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, largest ever deal for a post Tommy John pitcher. Uh, beating Jordan Zimmerman's contract. But by a dollar or two. Yeah. Um, by, by I think, what, like $60 million or something? Yeah, uh, it was a five-year 110. Yeah, so like $60 million, 60 million in cash. Yeah. That, that's pretty pretty good. Um, 65 in cash. That makes this offseason very interesting. Yeah. Um, because Strasburg was easily the top-rated pitcher. Oh, yeah. I, when you looked at what that free agent market was like, and... Y- it was y- Strasburg, then... Uh, what is what is the Moneyball quote? 50 yards of shit? 50 layers. I think it's 50 layers of of shit, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then, Maybe I believe, Sonny Gray. Gray. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, and then Sonny Gray, is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not a, a good market. And you have to wonder, you know, I, I hate to go there, but you have to wonder if, you know... I'm sure that Strasburg and Jordan Zimmerman have some level of conversation. Jordan Zimmerman, when he came back to D.C., said, hey, you never know what it's a, mar- a market's going to be like. It was colder than I did. The Tommy John hurt. So that was obviously a factor. Now, Strasburg said this deal was signed two weeks ago, and I totally believe that's true. But Oh! What? What? What are you sorry, doing? Sorry. I'm so sorry. Jesus, you're killing me. Uh, and Steven Strasburg has to be considering all of the money implications of... Uh, of not doing it. And you have to look at Ian Desmond and go, yeah, he thought he was going to be there and ready to go, but not so much. Didn't turn out. Oh, hi, Ryan. That was, thanks for ruining that. I knew that was coming. I'm, s- I'm not sorry. You're that the much. worst. <laughs> uh, well, hey, you know. Well, it was that shocking. <laughs> I, I know who's going to hit cleanup on Wednesday now. <laughs> it was that, oh, wow. You can tell how excited he is and how, Wow. Yeah. He's... Okay. Uh, to catch anyone up, Ryan Zimmerman just hit a home run, uh, knocking Bryce Harper, who walked ahead of him, in. 
and no one in the world has ever looked more relieved That's, than Ryan Zimmerman does right now. It, when when Lobatone took his hat off and he just looked at Lobatone and smiled, you knew you knew how big that was. Okay, so sorry, uh, sorry for that. Not that sorry. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's fantastic. It's it's a day to celebrate. Yeah, it's it's a day to celebrate, and I think it's cool that guys like Harper and 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 uh, Scherzer went to the press conference and uh, like that's not a little thing those guys have way more important things to do to sit and watch steven strasberg talk about the brinks truck he's about to back up yeah um, and even though this, scherzer just did that but and this deal i think it's a fantastic deal yeah i think so i too. mean this gives the nationals team control at the very least through his age 31 season it gets him through his quote-unquote prime years yeah, as a national, if he opts out after three years, he will be thirty-one years old, which is around the time that you most of the time will start to decline as a pitcher. Yeah, you. I don't want to get into that yet, really, because so many things can change with market factors and and whatever else. But it, it's hard to imagine a way that you know the the deferred money is obviously significant. Of course, and of you course. want to keep the deferred money. And by sticking around, and I know that there's weird prorationary things that happen there, but um, and there's still the Masson thing out there, and... which is a whole other thing. But Steven Strasburg, if he doesn't opt out at, in that first year, even if he opts out in that second year, it's the fourth year. That's what I mean. The first, uh, eligible year. So yes, the third, yes, the third yes. I just wanted to make sure years. we were clear. Yeah, third and fourth <laughs> years. I'm glad you said that. Um, if he opts out after the third year. That's going to be, I feel like he'll opt out after the third year or not. Because I think he's going to want to give himself the best chance to sign another seven-year deal to take him to to the end of his career, whether that's in D.C. or not. Uh, But at the same time, the fact that he decided to make this deal at this time when he knew that he was going to be the top-valued starting pitcher going into the offseason. Right. Like... The fact that he said, you know what, I don't care, I'm going to sign this deal, it might actually mean he wants to be here. <laughs> right, and like aside from a fluky injury yeah, uh, last spring training that got his mechanics off, he's been healthy. Yeah, and that's He's been that's very huge. healthy. Yeah, so um, uh, there are a couple things that I wrote about that I really want to touch on. Uh, he's the number one K through nine pitcher since 2012 in uh, for starters in baseball. Yeah, it's pretty good. He has the highest strikeouts per nine of any pitcher in baseball. He's in the top 15 in WAR, top I think it's 16 in ERA in the last five years. Um, and the Nationals oh, just locked him. Yeah, you know, you know who's who's better in uh, who has more strikeouts per nine innings than him since 2010. Uh. Mm, since 2010, since, no one? since his debut, yeah, nobody, nobody, no one, yeah, he he's, he strikes out more guys for nine innings than years. anybody. He's and, third in the last five years, but add that first year in, and he's number one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, so you're looking at a National League East arms race of Harvey Degrom, Syndergaard, and Strasburg, Scherzer, Giolito for at least four years. Is that good or three years? Sorry, at least three years. Yeah, I don't know if that's good. Is that good? yeah? I feel like that's probably good. So that's really fun. And going to your point, maybe he just really liked it here. Yeah. Uh, you gotta go back to his college days. Steven Strasburg was not drafted out of high school. He right. is a San Diego boy who went to San Diego State, where his coach was none other than Hall of Famer. Rest in peace, Tony Gwynn. Right. Tony Gwynn, who spent his entire career not winning anything in San Diego and becoming the definition of a hometown hero. Exactly. There are not many of them. There really are not and many. And there are going to be even fewer as baseball goes on. Right now, if you think about players that have spent their whole career with one team, you're looking at Derek Jeter. Yeah. You're looking at... Yeah, Mariano Rivera. Yep. I mean, yep. I mean, same class, but Mariano Rivera. I guess it would be one, but really, that's not something there. So he, his biggest role model is Tony Gwynn. Yeah, 
and that's someone that preached go somewhere be the person there yeah live it enjoy it experience it there's and tony Gwynn, he's got a beer named after him yeah he's got a beer named Does after he him. really he's got a street yeah i think it's called three it's by uh alesmith it's called i think 394 pale ale nice um but He's got a street named after him. I'm he going is, to San Diego this summer. I cannot wait to get my picture taken with a statue. Yeah, he's got a statue. Wait. He's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And he, when you think of San Diego Padres, I still, I think of two players. I think of Trevor Hoffman. I Trevor think Hoffman, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think of Trevor Hoffman. I think of Tony Gwynn. So Steven Strasburg has uh, aligned himself with DC. He said how much his family yes. loved DC. And a franchise with very little history. He has the chance to be that guy. He, this is what we talked about. You know, I've talked about this with Bryce Harper going forward, but it's not out of the realm of Steven Strasburg's possibility. He's, you know, he'd have to turn it on in the next few years, win a couple of Cy Youngs, but he could be that first guy that hits, that makes lore of, you know, I don't right. even want to jinx it, but Hall of Fame type numbers. You know what I mean? Right. He could be that guy. Right. And Hall of Fame is, you know, a, a pretty good goal. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's like the ultimate individual goal. It's what you. Yeah. It's what you want to be doing. So, um, and the last thing I want to hit on uh, that I really don't think has been talked about near enough is the shutdown. Yeah. Oh, uh, there, how many hot takes? Yes. Were there about? Oh, this just seals the deal that Strasburg would never stay in DC because he's so pissed. Yeah. About the shutdown. No way Scott Boris would ever let him sign in D.C. after shutting him down. Yeah. And Well? In his press conference, he actually said it was part of his decision to stay. Not indirectly, basically saying the way they took care of my health. Yes, the way they put him first. Yeah. Not the team first. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... I think more people need to be talking about that. Yeah, than but anything the, else. All the people who would be talking about it are the ones that would be proven wrong by talking about it. So right. they're not going to talk about it. Right. Unfortunately. But yeah, you're totally right. I... So uh, yeah, one of the most shocking days uh, as a Nats fan. I mean, Jason Worth signing is up there. That's really high. Um, Max Scherzer, too. Max Scherzer, not as much, though. Like, I, yeah, it was shocking because you didn't think the Nationals had a need at the time. I don't know. I, I feel like when Max Scherzer signed, I looked at the Max Scherzer signing and I said, wait, I, I think you, me, and just about everybody we know is like, well, this is just Scott Boris, you know, like trying to, trying to increase Scherzer's market. There's no way he's going to, oh, he totally signed. He, that's, yeah. That actually happened. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I think it was pretty surprising, but I think that, that Worth – I think Worth was the biggest surprise. Because the Nationals were a terrible ball club. Yeah. They he, were... he was the first guy. Yeah. He was the first big deal. Yeah. They had nothing. Nothing. They had, they had a Ryan Zimmerman. They had prospects. Yeah. They had, they had Ryan Zimmerman. They had Bryce Harper. They had Steven Strasburg. And but, Ian but Desmond were, was just starting to play regularly. Yeah. They were in the minor leagues. So, I mean, they were – it was, you know – it was, so I think that was the biggest one, but I don't think this Strasburg one is far behind in terms of surprise. I, I think this surprises me more just because of the fact that, I mean, Jason Worth was there. He was talked about. I know everyone thought he was going to be end up going to Boston. Yeah. Uh, and it was a surprise that he came to D.C., but it was... A part of the free agent courting process. Exactly. They, it was in the off season. It was, I believe it broke the day before the winter meetings. It was a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Um, but this one, a Scott Boris client, not just any Scott Boris client, the number one free agent pitching target going into the off season. Yep. Signing an extension, which Scott Boris clients never do. I yeah. think that's what puts it over the top for me is surprising. With with then Scott Boris being at the press conference and being like, yep, yeah, just the right thing. Yep. And it's like, what? The what? player, the team expressed interest. The player said, yeah, let's do it. And Scott Boris, outside of his normal comfort zone, said, all right. Well, that his job is to make the players happy, which he does. He's, he's very good at it. It's why he it makes all of the money. Right. He, so if 
the team had interest, and if Steven Strasburg, which he clearly had interest, and he clearly had trust in the organization. Right. Um, and uh, I think the last point I want to make on this before we go, because I think we spent a lot of time on this, which we is did, great. because so happy. It's, yes. it's such a happy thing to talk about. Yeah. Um, can we please just pick up Mike Rizzo's option? Yeah. The, I, I, he got Scott Boris to sign an extension I, I for totally, Steven Strasburg. Okay, so I have to tell you, I didn't share this, this with Craig before the show. My, oh, my list of no. my things I wanted to talk about, number one, Steven Strasburg extension. Uh, number two, about Harper. Number three, Rizzo's option. <laughs> because exactly that point. He got Scott Boris to get a guy to sign an extension who is going to be the top free agent this coming offseason. Not to mention, he brought Max Scherzer here and all of the other guys. Like, just pick up, if you haven't already, pick up a damn option. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's as good, I, I think in my piece for the Nats blog, which once again, you can find facebook.com slash the Nats blog. Indeed. Uh, which... Like us on there, please. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I think I said something along the lines of it's the most amazing deal he's made since Turner Ross for Souza. Yeah, that was a very good deal. So, I mean, come on. Let, it's time. Let's pick up the option. It's, let's, it's very much let's, time. Let's not dilly-dally. Yes, it is very much time. And not to mention he built an entire bullpen from nothing into what it is now. So, yeah. you know, give, give the guy a little bit of credit, if you will. Please. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about um, if this opens up before we hit questions. Uh, a lot of people have talked about it, and I'm sure we have some questions about it as well. But does this to you impact anything related to Bryce Harper signing an extension for the rest of time? Um, I think it does in that it's been five years since... Mike Rizzo, or since Scott Boris agreed to one of his players having an extension with the ball club. Yeah. Um, I think now that that's a possibility where if the player wants it, it could be a thing. And yeah. Bryce, I think that's Bryce a big deal. Bryce has said how important it is. Once again, we're talking about uh, role models for these players. How often has Bryce Harper mentioned Cal Ripken yeah. and that he played everywhere and Derek Jeter that he played in one city? Um, Bryce Harper has that legendary character to him that he wants to be the man. And I think Strasburg to a lesser extent is that way, but he has, he, he determined what was important. And I think that Harper is going to be in a similar boat. These are guys that were drafted as huge names younger. Right. I mean, it's, these guys want to make names for themselves. They were number one overall draft picks. And how often do no number one overall draft picks ever pan out right and the nationals have two of them that have panned out pretty okay and it really makes you wonder uh about you know the motives of players because i mean how often do you hear oh yeah i love the town it's such a great town i love it here i'd like to stay here but it's just you know a thing how often do we we heard we heard ian desmond in tears last year yeah talking about how much he wanted to stay yeah and it turns out that that probably was always a possibility yeah well jordan zimmerman same thing exactly so it seems like if bryce harper wants to stay it is now very apparent that if he really wants that scott boris will do that for him yeah it and he will it's just you might have to harper i'm not saying he's going to have to take a discount he's going to make a boatload of money oh yeah. he's going to make an aircraft carrier worth of money nice but he might have to say you know you you deal with a couple of deferrals you get an opt-out or two you you know you whatever you're still going to get that 400 and x odd million dollar contract but you know you're going to have to deal with a bunch of deferrals and you're going to have to take two opt-outs as, as a chance to go through and retest the market. But come on, you're going to make $460 million, so who cares? But Right, so I think it's I think it's a possibility in that now it's I feel it's actually possible. What the odds are, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Um, but you now have physical, legitimate proof that if the player is truly wanting to stay, yes. his agent, which we never thought would be the case, will accommodate. I agree. So, 
I agree. And I, I think that's the main thing to take from it, if you are going to take anything from it at all. Which that, humanizes Scott Boris, I think, more than uh, Totally. Else. Which yeah. is saying something, because he was not very human before. Yeah. So, yeah, I completely agree. I completely, completely agree. Yeah. Uh, any other things we want to talk about before we uh, do you, pile on the do questions? You wanna, do you want to talk about the uh, Harper ejection? Oh. Nikes, we didn't even talk about that yet. Yeah, I know. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> I can't believe we didn't even talk about it yet. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, we, we did spend a lot of time on Strauss. Yes, we did, but uh, what a... I'm, I'm still uh, not mad. I'm still Strasburg not mad. is drinking from the keg of glory. Yes, it, well done. Well yeah. done. Yeah. That's right. I'll, we got like 40-something minutes in, so, yeah. you know, that's something. Um, um, so, yeah, uh, last night, Bryce Harper... Uh, unhappy with the strike zone most of the night. Brian Knight's strike zone was uh, interesting to say the least. Yeah, uh, somewhat inconsistent. Let's let's go with that. Let's be nice. Yeah. Uh, Str- uh, Harper was not happy with most of it, and pitch FX was close. I looked. Uh, there were a lot of close pitches, uh, borderline strike calls, borderline ball calls. You know, a lot of fifty-fifty stuff. Bryce Harper knows the strike zone. We've talked about this before. He knows the strike zone better than a lot of people right now. Yeah, uh, and a lot of umpires better than just so, about anybody at the moment. So um, he was John with the umpire uh, after one of his at bats last night, and it ended there, and that's great and everything. And then in the ninth inning, I believe it was I want to say Danny Espinosa, yeah, uh, up at bat. Uh, sh- I want to say struck out. Yeah, he struck out at a, on a very high, up in the zone, technically up in the, in the zone, zone, up in the zone. Up in the zone pitch, uh, not generally called yes. as consistent, and had not been called a strike much Yes, uh, that night. Um, the dugout and fans erupted. Everyone, yeah. everyone, yeah. every single person. Yep. Uh, Danny Espinosa was looking at the umpire. Yeah, he kind of paused on, before he went back to the dugout. On deck was yelling at the umpire. The dugout, the entire dugout was on the top step. And all of a sudden, Brian Knight points at Bryce Harper and throws him out. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It was, it was, if you were to uh, put into Webster's a definition for ump show, uh, that display would be the definition of an ump show. I would say without any equivocation whatsoever. Uh, It was a, this guy ticked me off earlier. I'm looking to hear his voice. I think I heard his voice. He's at kind of in the middle of the dugout, and I can see him. I'm just going to throw him out. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty, exactly what it seemed like. It was pretty bad. Uh, and, you uh, you know, I, before the season started, made kind of a, a commitment publicly to myself and to just fans in general. Not I was going to give umpires the benefit of the doubt. They have a very difficult job. Uh, made even more difficult by the fact that instant replay is questioning everything that, that they're doing. I get it. I, I would not want to do that job. And I, I, all oh, you know, right. It was not, it was not good, but I, that was abhorrent. What Brian Knight did to, it's not like Bryce Harper was on the top step of the dugout. It's not like he was screaming out at him and walking towards it. This is a guy in the dugout, who maybe said something, maybe not, along with everybody else, and Brian Knight decided, you know what, hey, you're, we're going we're gonna to throw you out of the game. I mean, I just, I can't believe what Brian Knight did, and to me, it's, it's inexcusable. It's just inexcusable what Brian Knight did. Uh, yeah, I don't understand it. He definitely went in there looking to throw out Harper. He, it, it was his entire goal of the situation, was to throw out Bryce Harper. Right. Um, it was ridiculous. I don't, I didn't understand it at yeah. all. Yeah. It was, it was really dumb. Um, so <laughs> the very next batter. Yeah. Uh, Clint Robinson, uh, hit a walk-off home run despite him thinking it was the eighth inning. Yeah, despite him not knowing it was a walk-off home run, which is maybe my favorite thing ever. Yeah. Just darling. And yeah. by the way, this is a clear violation of the Utley rule, by the yes, way. Yes, it is. Totally. Uh, if this is not a double play, and I'm surprised it's taking this long, I don't understand things in baseball. Yep. Um, well, I don't understand replay most of the time anyway. But uh, Okay, FP. Yeah. That's fair. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, so, 
Harper came running out to the walk-off and went right into the umpire, right up to, well, no, directly. He, w- he went up to the pile, the pile of celebration. And directly looked at the umpire what? and dropped a big old F-bomb what? and a point. Like, what? he went to the celebration. It was, the- I wish I had gotten more video of it because he went to the celebration, went to celebrate, turned around, said, hey, bleep you. Went back in and kept celebrating. <laughs> and it was just, like, the best moment. And, you know, it, guys get amped up for that kind of stuff. It, should he have done that? No. Does, yeah. Does basically every Major League Baseball player do something like that at some point during every single Major League season that doesn't get caught on camera? Yes. yes. So it's like, should he have done He shouldn't have done it. It sucks that it got caught on camera. It just continues to fuel... The the Bryce Harper is not a good guy, despite the fact that he gave a jar of money to a homeless woman, apparently. And you know, like, and by every account ever of anybody that's met him, is he's an extremely nice guy. Uh, it just furthers that. Oh, are you thing? Freaking kidding me! You are just you're off the reservation here. I'm gone. They called him safe. Wow, that's crazy. I I I literally don't get this. Yeah, that's he. He slid a foot right of the bag. I mean, the only thing I think it was going to be safe anyway, and I think that's the one thing that you can. Well, that's argue. not the rule. Well, I don't know about that. That's not the, how the rules well, written. Well, with the purpose of breaking up a double play. Well, if you can't break up a double play, there is no purpose to breaking up a double. I mean, you can't do it. So. Well, they changed it to you had to throw the ball. I don't know. That's uh, it's all weird. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so there's your little piece of information into our replay feelings. Uh, but yeah, Bryce Harper shouldn't have done it. Anything else to add on that before we get hit questions? Nope. I'm good. Okay. Questions. Uh, Guzman asks, uh, will Strauss pass Jay Zim this year as a Nats all time wins leader? Jordan Zimmerman had 70. Strauss currently has 59. Yes. Yes. Uh, Fang, pod question. If you were, uh, if you gave a guy a day off as a manager, would you make him available to pinch hit? Why or why not? I would. Yes. Yeah, because they're baseball players and they probably want to play anyway. Yeah. Uh, I just, I looked up, I happened to catch Steven Strasburg with the same exact reaction as Dusty Baker to that replay, Carl. He's just, are you kidding me? Just throw his arms up in the air. I love seeing Strauss get, I'm, I'm glad he's here. Uh, I yeah I mean you think you I think you have to make them available I think there are exceptions to that rule and I think that they will be done as the season goes on and you get guys like Jason Worth or somebody who really needs a day off they're gonna have a day off really no matter what happens unless right. they have a fifteen inning game or something. Uh, Mike Lilburn asks, uh, didn't one of you call the Bartolo Colon homer? Uh, that sounds like something you would do. Probably. Yeah. I'm crazy like that. It's not something I would do, but it definitely sounds like something you would do. So uh, if somebody wants to get proof of that, that'd be cool. Uh, Jude asks about uh, about Harper and extension, we, which we talked about to some extent. Uh, <laughs> Jared Kobe asks, do you think Strauss signed an extension because Joe said he'd be really sad if he left? I think that is the only reason, Jared. I think that is yep. the sole reason I think that uh, the learners listen to this this show. So... What is up, Mr. Lerner? Uh, Fang asks, how would you retool the lineup to mitigate Zimmerman's woes at the plate? Well, he just hit a two-run home run. Uh, or do you retool the lineup at all? Without considering that, would you, if you were to make changes, how would you make those changes to put somebody more effective in the four spot? I don't know, actually. I know how I would do it. Okay. Wilson Ramos. Yeah. I... I I like leaving Murphy five because he can't stop hitting there. And I know that it's kind of ridiculous to, to say that, but like I, I'm to a point now with my baseball fandom, I just don't want to change anything. So, uh, I would like to see, uh, if, if it's working, I should say, I don't want to change anything. And I think that Wilson Ramos hitting like 360 or whatever he's hitting right now, give it a shot. Why not? You might, you might turn into a, a little bit more offense and like you said, even put Zimmerman back at two, it could work yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. It could work out. Um, mm-hmm. Ooh, good question. Fang. 
Uh, Reese Strasburg signing outside of Harper. Who do you think is the next homegrown player to get big money? Um, that depends on how much money we're talking about. Well, I think I think it's up to the up to the speaker, if you will. Okay. Um, I'm going to go a little weird here. Okay. I think it's going to be Joe Ross is going to sign an extension. It's going to be, uh, you know, one of these like, I don't know, seven year buy out some arb years. Uh, buy out one or two, maybe options for free agency. I think it's going to be one of those, like, you know, 30 to $40 million kind of deals. Yeah, nice. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Wilson Ramos. Nice. Because he's going to become a free agent soon. Yeah. So he's going to be a free agent, and I think he's going to make a nice uh, 50 or $60 million deal. And it's going to be pretty good. Uh, uh, Beard asks, are we going to win tonight? You should have asked us earlier when we were recording. Uh, I'm going to go with no. Uh, no. Uh, Michelle asks, uh, what do we need to do to, uh, as fans to convince Dusty to move Ryan out from behind Harper? Again, not sure if it's relevant not, anymore. Yeah. Uh, but I think maybe get him one of those wristbands because he seems to like those. Ooh. Uh, Fang wants to know uh, about May 11th, is bobblehead giveaway, is a bobblehead giveaway, what is your favorite bobblehead and why? I believe there was more to that question. Oh yeah, you could you can say the Fang one. Uh, yeah, I don't have a Fang one, so obviously not my favorite. Uh, I don't have a favorite. I I'm not a big bobblehead guy. I like having them. Yeah, I think they're cool, but I'm not like a, I need to have that bobblehead guy. So I'm 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 similar to you in that regard. I think. Uh, yeah i I really like the span one where he's jumping up against the wall and catching that ball. I'm a fan of that. Yeah. I think it's kind of took inspiration from a catch he made against Joey Votto, which I vividly remember. So I'm a fan of that one. I'm going to go with that one without okay, really any go. reasoning whatsoever. Yeah, uh, I'm not a bobble guy. I have I'm, like I'm three. I, I, I got a bunch the last two years, uh, but I and I like having them, but I'm not like a, yeah, not not a need-to-have guy. Uh, Michelle says, I like Yusmiro Petit. Do you? Yes. I, I do as well. Indeed. I think he was a shrewd acquisition. Yes. Uh, Fang follow-up to the bobblehead question. Your favorite non-figurine giveaway from Nats Park, i.e. not bobble or noom? Um, do you have one? What do they give away? Like, I have a hat. I have some yeah. pants and some shirts. I have a very, very old Los Nacionales t-shirt. I do like my uh, my Cinco de Mayo Teddy shirt. Uh, that was pretty fun. Nice. That's a good one. That's a good one. So uh, we have a theme. Uh, uh, Guzman, if you have, uh, if you could have any, and by the way, Daniel, I just, I'm calling you Guzman now. It's a, it's a thing. I don't know where it came from, but it's happening. If you could have any Nat from the dark days, 06 to 2010 on today's team, who you got, I'd love to see done bet behind Bryce. So are we talking, uh, just to be clear, their production from that time? I think, make it what you want it. Like, okay, I want 06 Soriano in left field. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Like, <laughs> that's very good. Come on. <laughs> that's very good. Uh, that's very good. <laughs> I don't think there's a possible another answer uh, that I can come up with. I mean, Josh Willingham would be cool just to be different, but yeah, Alfonso Soriano is really good. Um, uh, uh, Josh says, no question, just want to give you a moment to squeal and joy. You may begin. We've done that with a too far too long an amount today, so I'm going to move on. We, we also, ee, that's my squeal, ee. Uh... And Jude asks, uh, will we see another early extension with Bryce? Uh, possibly. <laughs> I'm going to end it with possibly. What about for you? Mm, more of a chance than before. Good. So also possibly. Possibly. <laughs> I didn't want to use the same word. Fair enough. Fair enough. Possibly, but a different word for possibly. Um, all right. Anything else before we uh, wrap this one up? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't either. Well, uh, thank you all for listening to this episode of Nat's Talk on the go, and we will catch you next time.
for listening to Nats Talk on the Go. For more information, check us out at NatsTalkOnTheGo.com. To become a supporting member of the podcast, click on the special ops link at the top of the page or head right to NatsTalkOnTheGo.com slash special ops. You can contact the guys at NatsTalkOnTheGo on Twitter or send them an email at podcast at NatsTalkOnTheGo.com. If you like what you heard, take a minute to review the podcast on iTunes and help us spread the word. See you next time. Let's go Nats!